I have bone broth for lunch a lot. For dinner, I try to eat, you know, according to paleo. Well, maybe you want to consider putting your chips on a plate so you know how much you're eating. Are some of them a mirror for you? Do you literally see yourself? Most of them, yes. 100%. There is baggage that gets passed on through generations. Size was what I thought about as soon as I woke up in the morning. I would measure every part of my body. I just stopped eating. I am the beauty standard. <laughs> You're asking me to celebrate obesity. I'm never going to do it. Because it kills people. I really don't think we should be commenting on anyone's body. Stay the fuck out of it. Food should not be good or bad. Food should not be shameful. Okay, so I'm gonna do the three, two, one timer. So as soon as you hear that, press play. Tyler Bender's making TikTok magic. I just need something in my hand to not be awkward. I'm gonna have an apple. Perfect, ready? As of today, all but a handful of states have issued stay-at-home orders in an effort to keep- I'm sorry, does this mean my gym is closed? I need to call my trainer. Her videos spoofing parents obsessed with their own waistlines and their families too, resonating. Wow. We just went for a walk and it looks like our neighbors got hit with that quarantine 15. <laughs> Getting millions of views. Ask yourself, am I still hungry? Are you drinking soda? With those biting comments many of us have heard or said. Wow, you kids act like we're starving you at home. <laughs> Maybe you want to consider putting your chips on a plate so you know how much you're eating. Can you believe that you've become this popular riffing on diet culture? <laughs> it's definitely not what I thought would happen. How would you describe what exactly is an almond mom? An almond mom is a mom who is a little bit bought into diet culture, a little bit of an obsession with healthy eating, with her body image, with her daughter's body image, maybe a little bit of an obsession with fitness, uh, but it tends to veer on the side of overdoing it. You're getting a little fluffy. Gluten-free is better. Mommy has the same diet as the reindeer. Nothing tastes as good as I look. The so-called almond mom hashtag took off on TikTok last year after this 10-year-old clip from the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills resurfaced, featuring a young Gigi Hadid and her mom Yolanda. I'm feeling really weak. <laughs> Yolanda Hadid telling People magazine that the clip was taken out of context, calling it such a silly narrative that's out there that has nothing to do with the reality of our lives. She even joined in on the joke with her own TikTok, munching on what else but an almond. Still, those videos keep coming. The Almond Mom hashtag with more than 300 million views and counting. It's dangerous. Many highlighting the societal pressure to be and stay thin at any cost. I never ate what they ate. 
I was afraid of food. I was only eating like protein shakes and protein bars and anything that said high protein, low fat, like, and I was a maniac about eating clean. Sweetheart, didn't I say no soda allowed? Go drink some prune juice. A moment on the lips, a lifetime on the hips. And they seem to be striking a chord, exposing just how much diet culture has impacted so many of our lives. I think any conversation, including the Almond Mon conversation, helps progress in some way. And if we can get in those rooms where there are individuals who have never heard that diet culture is toxic, it's a win. That whole expression, nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. I don't know if you've yeah. heard that one. The Please. One, every soul's body is important. No matter what size it is, it is an absolute right for me to feel good in my body. Body positivity should really be at the heart of anyone's positive transformation and healthy journey because it has to start with self-love. Now, where body positivity has the potential to become detrimental is the, nah, girl, you're good. If you're asking me to celebrate obesity, I'm never going to do it because it kills people. What did you think when you saw these little videos? I mean, it gave me pause, truly as a dietitian and as a mom, is it made me sad. So my question is, is this breeding a generation of people who have a really disordered relationship with food? Most recently, the debate has centered on the woman some see as the mother of all almond moms, Gwyneth Paltrow. The Oscar-winning actress turned wellness mogul has often stirred controversy since launching her lifestyle brand, Goop. From candles that smell like, well, private parts, to luxury sex toys, and the latest cleanse and expensive health summits, Gwyneth the Guru has cashed in on the never-ending search for that fountain of youth. And some accuse the star of spotlighting restrictive eating. What's your wellness routine look like? Like recently when she talked on the Art of Being Well podcast. I usually eat something about 12. I really like soup for lunch. Um, I have bone broth for lunch a lot. For dinner, I try to eat, you know, according to paleo. The den of criticism becoming a roar and Paltrow taking to Instagram to respond. So I think it's important for everybody to know that I was doing a podcast with my doctor, so it's not meant to be advice for anybody else. And by the way, I eat far more than bone broth and vegetables. I eat full meals, um, and I also have a lot of days of you know eating whatever I want. In a society where roughly two out of three adults are overweight or obese, and disordered eating is on the rise, nearly 30 million Americans will have an eating disorder in their lifetime. The almond mom trend is actually helping some moms and daughters have uncomfortable conversations. Almond mom, district four. The camera really does add 10 pounds. These videos are humorous, but they're kind of tapping into a serious subject though, right? Right. Most people don't want to go to their mother and have an uncomfortable conversation about diet culture, about body image, about uh, how that's affected them, how that's affected their relationship. How would you define diet culture? I feel that diet culture is really centered around the culture of restriction. But in there, there's also a level of shame that goes with eating, mixed in with this hierarchy and morality around the act of 
having thinness, engaging in eating the right thing, and then following through on it. Maya Feller is a registered dietitian and nutritionist and a mom herself. I think the conversation is how has this culture of dieting and the morality around it infiltrated the culture of family time? Moms and daughters have a kind of a unique scenario here, don't they? Yeah, they absolutely do. It's There's, loaded it's for a lot of moms and daughters. Super loaded. If the woman figure in the home is engaged in this restrictive eating, it's more likely, and this is according to all the studies, that that daughter or female identifying child is going to engage in similar behavior as that parent. Which one did you notice that you recognized yourself? <laughs> uh, definitely all my moms at a girls' night out. Hi, ladies. I'm sorry I'm late. I just had to hit spin class. You know, I had to earn this food. <laughs> you know, Sharon, you should come with me sometime. I know you don't want to, but if you just started moving, maybe you'd like it, and maybe it would fix your marriage. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> two. Are some of them a mirror for you? Do you l literally see yourself? Most of them, yes, yes. But as I talk to my friends, a lot of them see themselves too, and that's what starts the conversations. Did it sting at all for you? I think the only time it stung a little bit is when she made mention of things that actually hurt her that I said, that I didn't know hurt her. That was never my intent. You want to be healthy and happy and you just provide the pathway that you think is the best. Tyler's mom, Sarah, doesn't consider herself an almond mom, but says the videos have helped them both look within. Tyler recalling that her struggle with body image and food began in middle school. As a mom myself, I know it is difficult. Were there times where you were sort of on eggshells about how to deal with food and were you ever concerned about her? Absolutely there was a lot of eggshells. Um, when she was younger, she was, uh, I would never say she was chubby, she wasn't. She's just a solid kid, she just wasn't a skinny mini. And kids at school said mean things and called her fat and that was heartbreaking for me as a mom. So of course I want to fix it. I want to be the fixer. There's always been treats in this house as much as she jokes that there never were. They're just more like you gotta assemble all the ingredients to make a treat. So if you really want it, you're gonna have to put some effort into it. In our house, I remember growing up, fruit snacks were a hot commodity just because that, that sugar, that gummy was just like banned forever. I remember I hid cookie dough under the bathroom sink and I would shut the door and just be eating raw cookie dough on the toilet. <laughs> gross. That was your sneak snack, huh? Yeah, those are the sneaks. But at the same time, it is a fine line of where are you just over-normalizing sugar and junk food and showing a healthy lifestyle and where is it a forbidden, scary thing? It definitely is a push and pull. What kind of baggage do you think your mom has carried and what do you think that you've kind of inherited from her? I think my mom has done a phenomenal job of not playing the victim to a 90s diet culture that told her she had to be a size triple zero. The history of ideal feminine beauty has evolved over the centuries. Historically, a full-figured silhouette symbolized attractiveness. From the Venus figurines with her voluptuous proportions to Botticelli's Birth of Venus with her curves on full display, 
In the 17th century, the term Rubenesque became synonymous with plump, rounded bodies, as painted by Peter Paul Ruben. So we're looking at the Renaissance period, but quite quickly, we then get to like the 1900s, and as we move through that, people who are eating more seem to be like gluttonous. Lady killers of 1905. Ah, the Gibson girl. What a figure. Over the years, that ideal slowly changed, with the so-called Gibson girl curvy but slimmer. And then they bring in the Hollywood era. They're still hourglass. It's still a very unattainable body for most women. And those figures got slimmer and slimmer. So we're going up over the knee, and morals were going down. From the flappers of the 20s, all the way to the infamous days of heroin chic in the 90s. The shrinking of the ideal female body made actresses like Marilyn Monroe look downright curvy. But increasingly, fashion was looking for waifs like Twiggy. Not exactly voluptuous, Twiggy stands 5 feet 6 inches and weighs 91 pounds. And Kate Moss in those Calvin Klein ads. Growing up, it was the heroin chic era of Kate Moss, and then it was the Kim Kardashian era. Yet the world was getting bigger as the obesity epidemic grew among the general population. People like supermodel Emmy, one of the first and most successful plus-size models, have spent years advocating for more realistic body standards. Throughout your career, you've said that you have tried to increase the aperture in which we view beauty. It was so close, so very, very narrow. I've been trying, and millions of women have been trying, and I do believe that has changed a lot. Today, the pendulum is swinging in the opposite direction, with prominent celebrities taking an unapologetic stance about their bodies. I am the beauty standard. <laughs> From Lizzo's body-positive approach on stage and social media to Ashley Graham's defense of curves. When was the last time you celebrated being big and strong? Let's do it together. To model Iskra Lawrence, who encourages women to embrace their figures. I keep getting body shamed on this damn app, and guess what? I can. The body positive movement aiming to show that body size, like our society, is diverse and shouldn't be shamed. Lizzo walks the walk and talks the talk. Artists are here to make art. And this body is art. And I'm gonna do whatever I want with this body. But when she is performing, she is all talent and it's just dripping off of her. And she has used her voice to have all of her dancers be diversified in body shapes. And boy, do they move, do they work. I mean, it just crashes down all the myths and all the, the belief systems that, oh, larger women can't really do that. <laughs> Don't put that in front of Lizzo's face. The discussion about almond moms and body positivity often centering on whether the movement is healthy or harmful. We're in a time where there's a lot of talk about body positivity, inclusive bodies, and so forth. You would think that the diet culture is starting to lose steam right now, but it's not, is it? No, the diet, I'd say, wellness industrial complex is not losing steam. In fact, it's picking up. We make everybody a victim nowadays. Poor you, not your fault. Weight's genetic. Everybody's a bad guy, but it's never anyone's fault. You're either healthy at any size, which is complete bullshit. Now, you can be unhealthy at any size, that's true. You can be skinny and super unhealthy. 
Fitness guru Jillian Michaels is no stranger to hard conversations. Uh, Ashley, I'm not blind. All the way up. You do the same thing you do every other week. You beat the hell out of them. I am a fitness professional and a certified nutritionist. I've worked in the field of health and wellness for about 30 years. Dig in, come on, chop, chop. Jillian rose to fame as a hard-nosed. Go, 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 John. But much loved trainer on the reality show, The Biggest Loser. There are ways to take those emotions and express them safely. Since then, she's built an empire of fitness with books, videos, an app, a podcast, a website, and more. If I tell you that somebody is obese or, quote, fat or overweight because they want to be, people think, oh, she's a bitch, she's an asshole. But it's true. In the real world, you need a lot of time to help people who have a food addiction. Because when people overeat, it isn't because they're lazy, it isn't because they're weak or stupid. It's because that food provides them with something so deeply significant that at one time or another, I promise you the behavior represented their psychological survival. They don't understand it. They're not conscious of it. It takes time for them to understand it. Her direct, no-nonsense approach has sometimes landed her in hot water. Like back in 2020 when she made headlines after an appearance on BuzzFeed. I, I personally found, uh, and I love celebrities like Lizzo or Ashley Graham who are really preaching self-acceptance. I and, love her music, yeah, 100%. Well, I don't know anything about her. I'm sure she's a cool, awesome chick. Yeah, and I love that they're putting images out there that we normally don't get to see of bodies that we don't get to see being celebrated. And um, why are we celebrating her body? Why does it matter? That's what I'm saying. Like, why aren't we celebrating her music? Because it isn't going to be awesome if she gets diabetes. I don't care what your body looks like, it's none of my business. And I was like, why does that matter? Why is that any of my business? She's a musician, I like her music. Her body's not my business. When somebody's an exceptional talent or an exceptional lawyer, an exceptional doctor, when is, are we not celebrating what they're famous for, what their talent is? So to me, I thought that was demeaning. I was like, well, why does that matter? I thought, <laughs> I actually thought I was saying to the journalist like, Shame on you for making it about her body. Like, you should make it about her talent and see her as an artist. Lizzo has never directly responded to Jillian Michaels' comments, but has defended the healthiness of bigger bodies. I just wanted to say I've seen a few of these videos about, like, you know, fat girls who eat healthy and stay active but can't seem to lose weight. I think these kinds of videos are important. What if I'm just fat? What if this is just my body? Bodies are not all designed to be slim with a six pack. You know what I mean? So if you're feeling down on yourself today, yeah, I know I'm eating pomegranates and coconut water. It's my favorite. Shut up. If you're feeling down on yourself today, just remember that your body is your body. Nobody got your body. There, come here, buddy. Jillian Bye. says she believes in body positivity, that it's key for lasting success. That's organic. I don't know why. But that. cautions, there are limits. Like everything, body positivity has good components and components that have the potential to be harmful. Body positivity should really be at the heart of anyone's positive transformation and healthy journey because it has to start with self-love. Now, where body positivity has the potential to become detrimental 
is the, nah, girl, you're good. And that's when you're robbing people of their untapped potential. The origin of Jillian's fitness journey began at the same place as most people, in childhood. It's not a secret that as a kid, I was overweight. I struggled with food, quite frankly, as an addiction. Food represented comfort, control, a way to bond with my father, who also struggled with weight. I was about 175 pounds at my heaviest at 13, and I'm 115 pounds now. I was getting picked on and bullied constantly. It was through my achievements in martial arts that I appreciated fitness as a means to empower people. Julia, what's your favorite snack? But that doesn't mean she hasn't fallen victim to diet trends over the years. You know, we had these diet programs and pills like Cybergenics. Two weeks to get this body into that dress. Thanks, Cybergenics. Oh God, there was the zone diet. Remember South Beach diet. If y'all wanna know how I stay in shape, I do it with the South Beach diet. I read every single one of these books. I'm like, oh, if we just play with the macronutrient ratio, none of this matters. I just eat less. And I was like, son of a bitch. Could it be eat less, move more? A mom of two herself, she understands that keeping kids motivated and on track is hard. But restriction, as showcased by those almond mom videos, she says, is not typically an effective method. I have an 11-year-old and I have a 13-year-old. The more I try to restrict them, the more I feel like they're going to be like, oh, awesome, she's not here. None of that penetrates. None of it. Zero. You wouldn't hand your child a loaded gun, and some moms look at this junk food in that way. And then we judge those moms, and she judges the other moms for letting her kids eat crap, and we all judge each other. I don't think anyone knows what the fuck to do here. I think that you have to role model wellness for them. But at some point, they gotta make their own mistakes and learn their lessons their way. Food should not be good or bad. Food should not be shameful. We don't have to earn food. Iskra Lawrence is dedicated to eliminating shame and judgment when it comes to her family and food. Mommy make you a cake with blue icing. Mommy made you a cake? My son is allowed to try anything and everything. He doesn't have to earn it. He doesn't have to be punished. He's never going to hear me saying, oh, I ate that brownie last night. Better get on the treadmill. OK, let's see what's going on in here. But that approach has been hard won. But it's fun. It's nice and colorful. It's really positive when I like walk into my closet. Something fun and sparkly. This is probably my favorite coat of all time. Am I going to wear this to a meeting? No. What else have we got in here? Oh my gosh, it's getting so overcrowded. Ugh. These days, Iskra's identity is about more than just her clothing size. As a model, she knows what it's like to be judged by her body. I started modeling when I was about 12 and a half. My mom had me in front of the closet with a, a fan thinking I was Beyonce, and I got scouted on set by a top agent in London. But it became really quickly apparent by the age of 15, when I hit puberty, that I got curves. You know, my hips developed and my measurements didn't fit the sample size. My hips were 37 inches and they literally told me they needed to be 35 and they just dropped me. I remember being a chubby kid, right? And being told, don't worry, it's just puppy fat. It'll come off. So right away, I'm being told that there was something wrong with being that size as a child, as a child. 
Anytime she lost weight, Iskra says people celebrated it and complimented her. Then being thin became an obsession. Size was what I thought about as soon as I woke up in the morning. I wanted to be skinnier. I wanted to be slimmer. I would measure every part of my body. I'd measure my leg in like four places. I just stopped eating. I never imagined I could wake up in the morning and not be afraid of calories and not be comparing my body to someone else's and literally just exist. And that is so freeing. And I want that for everyone. This is a graveyard piece of clothing that should not be in my wardrobe, but I'm obsessed with it and I want it to fit so badly and it literally never has. And it was just, I mean, you can see there's like, there's so much space here. I'm probably never going to fit into this, which is okay. Iskra embraced her body and is now more successful because of it. I feel like my mission and everything that I've tried to do with my career is just to empower people to know that they are enough. Like that simple, I am enough. That was an affirmation that got me through my eating disorder. She does that by fighting against unhealthy beauty standards on social media, where she talks to her 5 million followers. So this is what I'll use when I'm trying to film my Get Ready With Me videos. Other thing I thought I'd never do as a mom is wear one of these ridiculous hats. Can your deodorant do this? Can your deodorant do this? So that's the annoying thing about going viral these days. It generally has to be something controversial so it causes people to comment. So the best viral moment I ever had nearly got deleted. It nearly didn't happen. And that was because I was on set modeling lingerie, actually, and <laughs> I got this comment and it said, you're the reason the healthcare system is effed up. You need to put down your chips and stop eating your McDonald's. And I literally was like, film me. The person said didn't know what I was going to do. And I was like, put the slow-mo on. And I just started eating the chips and just gave him the finger. <laughs> and I posted it. Iskra knows that her success is possible because she sits on the shoulders of other trailblazing women. Oh, I feel like there are so many public figures that have helped me get to where I am. Emmy, shout out to Emmy. She is doing the type of work that is so needed in the fashion industry. You have been an outspoken advocate for body positivity before we even use that word, body positivity. <laughs> do, you, do you feel like a trailblazer? I feel like I talk about some, one subject an awful lot over many decades. <laughs> Let's take a little look down memory lane. So this is your office. This is my office, come on what in. What are we looking at here? Yeah. All the old memories? Old and new and inspiration. This is my headshot for Uzuhiri. Emmy's become an icon in the fashion industry. She was the first plus-size model featured in People magazine's 50 Most Beautiful People back in 1994. How long was that for you to actually feel positive about who you are and how you look? Once I got into the modeling industry, I was embraced by agencies However, the sets, the photographers were like, mon dieu, you know, <laughs> oh, she's a size 12, dear God, you know, heavens. And, um, you know, so I found that there were stylists that would tug on you too hard or opportunities at that time. And it's so beautiful to see that it's changed a lot uh, today. Are these some of the old modeling shows? Oh, yes, indeed. This isn't are. the first time Emmy and I have met and talked. 
Let's take a look at when you and I first began to talk about where we are. Get us out shopping. That was 25 years ago when she was breaking barriers. Closer to the average American woman's than the ultra-thin models we usually see, which means she also shares a common problem, finding stylish clothes that fit. How frustrating was it for you when, say, years ago, you'd start shopping and you wanted to find something stylish like this and there was nothing out there? Well, I would walk into a store and I would say, oh, do you have any 1416s? And they'd say, no, we don't go up to that size. You were basically highlighting that people weren't dressing you. Right. Many designers didn't even want to clothe me because I, I, you know, I was a size 14 or 12, 14. And yet she worked a lot. A model with a womanly body? That made me a first. She was Revlon's first plus-size model. And went on to have her own clothing line on QVC. But she never walked in New York Fashion Week until just 2017, when she was 54 years old. And you've yeah. been a model all those years, and you walked Fashion Week <laughs> for the first time when you were in your 50s. With Chromat. What does yeah. that say? There is a fear that, this is my own assumption, okay, that having a woman, a larger-bodied model, on a runway would diminish the work and the reflection of, of who their customer is, which perhaps that could be true, but what they're not seeing, it's very short-sighted, is the, the whole swath of other women that are out there that get excited and, and really would love to be a, a customer of theirs. Points is this, I'm saving them for dinner. Emmy says the rise of the almond mom trend seems like a warning. Is it just the almond mom, or is it almond mom as a cultural reflection as to we better not go back to the waif like 90s? We do not need any more people saying you've got to restrict and you've got to deny food groups. Dear Lord, please don't do this. My mom cooked a lot. I would help her when she would make traditional Filipino foods. I, you know, she taught me how to make some of those. As a pastry chef, Maya Pounds' career is focused on food. I went to culinary school and I have all the knowledge about food and what's healthy and what's not healthy, but I still carry a lot of shame and guilt around some of the things that I eat, you know, because they've been deemed unhealthy. You want some watermelon? The almond mom thing did seem a very white-centric kind of term, but it still resonated with me in terms of, you know, trying to fit in to society, like coming from a, you know, a mixed race background, coming from first generation immigrants, coming from, um, you know, not your standard body type in American society. It was, you know, we're all just trying to like be accepted and fit in. As a child, dieting became part of Maya's life. Her love of dance, a double-edged sword, putting her in the crosshairs of critique. When I was about nine, I did ballet and jazz and tap at the time, modern. And every year we had to re-audition for the uh, dance company and they would give you an evaluation sheet. And I remember the first time that I saw mine, it just said thick. Um, it didn't say anything else, it just said thick. And I was like, what does that mean? And so, you know, talking to other friends, looking at their comments, and it would be ideal physique, you know, nicely, nice thin arms, nice long legs. That pressure to be thin 
even more acute when she became a mom for the first time. I remember I had a I had an emergency C-section with her, and I remember being like, not even not even six weeks postpartum. I mean, I'm, it was probably more like four, and I was out there with the baby stroller trying to jog. My stitches were barely even healed, and it was just my biggest fear um, was being big again. Was you know that whole idea of taking up too much space. So we do keep a variety of all types of foods. Uh, my son brought this for lunch, pasta, carrot sticks, all that good stuff. A mom of two, she decided to make videos showing her determination not to be an almond mom, like one detailing a recent exchange with her son. If my kids decide that they want to come to the pantry and grab like a bag of chips like five minutes before dinner, um, I do set limits. I'll just say, you know, buddy, we're going to eat dinner in like 10 minutes. Uh, why don't you just wait until, you know, dinner, have some dinner. And then if you still want the chips after dinner, then you can have them. So it's kind of like a redirection. I desperately want to prevent for my kids and f equating their value or their worth in what their, what space their body takes up or doesn't take up, <laughs> you know? What's a parent to do? I think that there's a way. Um, when families are trying to shift how they interact with food, to be consistent in the offerings without saying, this is better for you, and if you eat this broccoli, you can then have cake. Darling, why are you reaching for dessert? Here you go, mom is always prepared. But we just ate six hours ago. Are you sure you're not thirsty? Putting an end to diet culture starts with us. Are these moms, these almond moms, necessarily bad people as they're trying to help their kids with their nutrition? Absolutely not. They're, they, no, there's no such thing as like them being bad in my estimation. You see interactions with foods passed on. If somewhere along the line, grandma says, we don't eat this. Mom says, we don't eat that. Kids like, we don't eat that. So 100%, there is baggage that gets passed on through generations. What do you say to somebody who says, uh-oh, that may be me. I need to make some changes. What do you say? Well, a variety of foods is available to us. And if you restrict one, like sometimes people say, I'm going to stop eating carbohydrates, that's diet culture, Colin. So the key is getting to a point of being able to feel free around food. And let go of all the chains that bind us around food. My gosh, to, to live on this earth, and it's such a short amount of time, to be in a restrictive mode with food is almost like the worst joke ever. Truly. <laughs> I really don't think we should be commenting on anyone's body. It's none of our business. It isn't. You can, you can definitely profess facts about health and wellness, but stay the fuck out of it. I like the comedy around it because we can really get into such serious, heavy conversations when it comes to diet culture. The almond mom trend is hopefully breaking down stigmas at the same time. As for Tyler Bender, she's still churning out those viral videos, hoping they make a difference. What are you hoping to spark with these videos? I would love to see more women move toward just feeling good about themselves, not wasting time looking in the mirror every day. And hopefully it repairs some people's relationships with themselves, their mothers, their uh, relationship with diets, all of the above.
if you're dealing with confidence issues, body image issues, all that sort of thing, never be the first person to tell yourself no. Also, you should just love yourself a little bit more. We all should. I should. You should. But I hope it helped you. Bye.